everybody. Hey, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. We're a house church network. We're all about discipleship. It's a supernatural work going on in the hearts of believers as the Lord tries to grow himself from within. And uh, there, if you go to C-W-O-W-I.org, you can sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly teaching, comes out Friday mornings. Uh, U.S. time, and also my monthly e-newsletters. It's in the body of those and in the headers of those where I announce our meetings, where I'll be, uh, Zoom meetings, things of that nature. So that's why it's important to sign up if you're so inclined to do so. Today, saying you might be getting off balance if. And what I'm talking about is uh, is my <laughs> history of 40-some years since 1974, walking with the Lord and seeing people go off the rails in their faith getting sidetracked to the trivial and the peripheral and the non-important things and common traits that are that are throughout. And, and like I said, 40-some years, I see the same traits over and over again. You know, Philippians chapter 3, verse 15, actually from verse 10 through 15, Paul is talking about how his heart is to know the Lord and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul said he doesn't count himself to have apprehended or to have already attained to perfection, but he presses towards these things. And in verse 15, he sums it up and he says, if you are so like-minded, as many are, as are maturity-minded that want to be like that, then, then, then think like I do. And he said, if you're otherwise-minded, the Lord will reveal this to you. And that's what I'm talking about. Many of us down through our Christian walk have, have been involved with uh, sometimes genuine doctrine and sometimes fad, kind of like, uh, you know, silly stuff that in the end is how it turned out. Uh, but the Lord has extricated us out of this. And those of us who have done kind of like a touch and go, where we just touch on it, we glean what we can from it, and then we, we pull ourselves back before we go into destruction or spiritual shipwreck. Um, the Lord has has done that because in our hearts, we want to be mature in the Lord. Uh, you know, we're, to, we, we're all about being mature in the Lord. So Philippians 3.15 comes to mind is that if you're mature-minded, the Lord will reveal it to you if you start to get off base. How many of you, uh, and I'm going back to the 1970s, but how many of you remember these fads? And some of these were genuine moves of God, but how many remember these? I'm going to read from a list here. Personal prophecy in the charismatic movement of the 1970s, where it was just all over the place. It kind of came around again in the late 90s, and it was just as goofy then. Some were genuine, but some people were like all over the place. Uh, and a lot of people hurt by that. You remember the shepherding movement. How many people were involved in the shepherding movement? It started out great. It was a mentoring discipleship program, but then it got off base to where the adherence to that shepherding movement made it such that a person could not buy or sell a car, buy or sell a house, change jobs, find a mate, get engaged, whatever, unless they first submitted their idea to the elders of the church, then the elders of the church would tell them whether they could date such and such a person or whether they had permission, whether it was God or not, to sell their car or to buy a home or to change jobs or whatever the case is. So it got off balance. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Some people got really hurt by it. Other people started to see it and pulled back and said, okay, this is getting a little goofy here. It's not what we see in scripture between Paul and Timothy and Titus, etc. Uh, how many people remember... Um, Jesus people. How many remember the vineyard and John Wimber's wonderful teaching on, on healing and everything else and some of the worship that came out of there? I still have that on my playlist. Um, um, you know, so Brian Dirksen uh, is one out of Vineyard. I still worship along with him on some of those old ones. How about the bracelet, WWJD? What would Jesus do? Do you remember that? Um, how about the Kansas City prophets pulling down strongholds over cities during the 1990s? If I say TACF, do you know what I'm talking about? Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, Brownsville, IHOP, 
the Kansas City Prophets before that. Uh, do you remember the Left Behind series? Do you remember Frank Peretti's book, Piercing the Darkness? Um, and also, um, what was the other, the, this present darkness, I think was the first one. Uh, do you remember, um, oh, the intercessors being elevated to the fivefold, you know, thinking that they are the power behind the throne, so to speak, the, you know, that a service was anointed because they were praying in the back room and wanting and striving for that recognition that's certainly not in scripture or anything, but they, they held a, a disproportionate place in, in many churches. How many remember the armor bearer where the pastor would come forth and one young man would be on his left holding his jacket and the other young man would be holding his Bible as he ascended to the, to the pulpit? How about, how about the first lady of the church talking about about the pastor's wife. Remember that? You remember putting people putting on their business cards, things like apostle, prophet, bishop, whatever, or in front of their names. They're known as apostle something or whatever. It just kind of rose and fall. Do you remember 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 1988 and its sequel, 89 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 1989? Do anybody remember that? Uh, how about blowing on people? Do you remember that? Praying on people, blowing on them? How many courtesy falls took place uh, when that? How much was genuine? Um, how about how about uh, teaching that we are in like the the beginning of the the seals of the revelation, and then that kind of fell away a little bit, and then there's the blood moons, and then that's that rose up and that fell away, and you have all these different things in there. Do you remember some of those? That's what I'm talking about. If you survived all that, and if you maybe did a touch and go where you just gleaned a little bit, word of faith, name it, claim it, decree and declare, all those different things, they rise and they fall. They're cyclical. I've seen them over nearly half a century. <laughs> you know, not quite. The there, but I'm getting closer to that amount of time with the Lord. And so there are three common traits that I found in all of these things. Again, some of these are genuine moves of God, but it's not the genuine. It's when people start to get off balance that I'm concerned about. And I see this today. I've seen this in the election cycle. I've seen it in the coming of the new year and, and COVID and everything that's going on. It has been going on the last year or so. You see all these different things in there. And here are these same three characteristics. Number one, People believe it. And the people who believe it, it's kind of like what, what the Lord told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 23, um, where is it, like verse 26 or something like that. He said, the people who are, who are susceptible to stealing prophecies from one another, all saying the same thing, he said, these are those who have shunned my word, have shunned my ways. That is, they've turned away from where the Lord is actually leading them, and thus they open themselves up to getting off balance. For my wife and I, back in 1978, um, our first year of marriage, uh, we we started adhering to listening to the 100-fold return. Do you remember that? That is the idea. If you give $10, you're getting back 1000 you know, or getting back 100 And so that's where I was. My tithe at the time, I worked $150 a week, and my tithe was $15, or if money was tight, $1,150, because that was my net. I, I net about 115 a week. So depending on how tight money was, it would either give like $1,150 or $15. <laughs> and, and and the thing is, we, I started giving, thinking, "Oh boy, fifteen dollars! I'm going to get back fifteen hundred dollars." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it. Let's keep it in the pipeline. Here's another fifteen dollars. That means another fifteen hundred is coming my way. And Barb stopped us. She said, "You know," she said, "You know why this doesn't feel right in our spirit? You know why we feel grieved? Uh, it's because we used to give out of a heart of love for God and His people, and now we're giving to get." And that pulled us out of that right there. And and what happens in these things when people start to get off is what Barb acknowledged. She said, you know, these things, she said, this is why we don't feel right about it. This is why something doesn't sit right in our spirit. It's grieving our spirit. We used to give out of love, but now we're giving to get. And, and people ignore because they don't have the sensitivity or whatever the case is, they have a need in their life. And so they ignore the warning bells of the Holy Spirit. They ignore the warning bells of logic. 
Uh, they put away critical thinking to believe these things. And oftentimes, and what scripture would indicate, is the people who are susceptible to, to these things, to embrace these things and to get off, are people who don't have people to speak into their lives. It's kind of like a person at work who may, maybe they're single or married, it doesn't matter. They're just an individual who doesn't have any close friends, so nobody's speaking to their lives. So their personality is so strong in the office that they just cut people down. It's, they they go from department to department to department because nobody wants to work with them because they don't have anybody in their life to shave off the rough edges and they won't listen to anybody. That's the kind of Christian we're talking about here. These are typically Christians who don't have a church that they go to. Uh, they they don't take part in online churches, online visit visiting, you know, Zoom meetings, et cetera, et cetera, with, a, with the same group of people I'm talking about. They don't do it in person. Uh, this is like, I don't know how many times through the 40-some years I've walked with the Lord, I'll have men or women, but especially men, come up to me and says, well, I've been kicked out of three churches. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, what's wrong with you that you, number one, admit that, and number two, you wear that like a badge of honor or something like that. Well, I've been kicked out of five churches. I've been asked to leave out of three churches. It's like, okay, what's wrong? Do you not see there's a pattern here in your life? And and it's that type of a person oftentimes that, and, what the, and now, we didn't have it in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but you get into where we are now with social media, and you've got people who surround themselves with friends, and they're like, oh, I went witnessing today, I talked to this person in the grocery store, and look, they got healed, isn't God good? Well, God's got to honor his word, but... But a person like that, that that puts all their emphasis on social media and doesn't have people in their lives is missing it. They're getting off balance. Uh, I've said it many, many times that, that anybody can say they're a Christian. Anyone can say they're born again. But God in his wisdom has designed righteousness to be proven through the network of relationships, through a framework of relationships. So you can say you love the Lord all you want, but let me see the relationships. Let me see the fruit of your life as manifest in the relationships. Who do you fellowship with on a, on a regular basis? Who, who do you actually know in the, and who do you allow into your life to maybe hone off or, and shave off the rough edges? That's what I'm talking about. So the people who are susceptible to, who, to number one, believe, the first stage they believe it, um, are, are people like that. They tend to be where they don't have a group of people that would really say, hey, could you you know, speak into my life and, and maybe I'm getting off base here. Uh, you know, it's, it's the, go back to the shepherding movement. The people who, who submitted to the idea that you can't date a person unless you have the elder's approval or you can't buy or sell a car unless you have the elder's approval or change jobs. The person that does that is oftentimes fear-based. They don't have somebody who's who's going to pull them aside and say, hey, common sense here. And that's part of number two. They embrace and defend it. If they believe it, then they embrace and defend it. And what these people have done is they've put away common sense. They've put away logic. They've put away critical thinking. And what happens in stage two is if a person challenges them with critical thinking, they are accused of not walking in love. And in the person who's embraced this, who have, who has fully accepted this this doctrine and, and starting to get off base here, then, then they will say things like, you're not walking in love. Uh, you don't know. See, the person who believes these things thinks they found a spiritual key. They think that they have a higher knowledge. They are like, oh, you'll find out, you know, oh yeah, hey, I've got inside information. I've got knowledge because prophet so-and-so had this and this pastor had this dream and this person says this. And, uh, and here's the thing. These people cannot, they don't have any revelation of their own, um, other than maybe emotionally what agrees with this particular word, prophet, teaching, whatever the case is. You know, it's kind of like during the blood moons. You'd have people having dreams of all sorts of things, of blood moons and Jesus coming and da-da-da-da-da, and then the blood moons, 
you know, fad rose and fell, and sure enough, those dreams go away. You know, so people are emotionally involved in these things, and they think they've got a secret, they've got higher knowledge, they'll they'll say, hey, you've got to watch this link. It's like, no, you tell me what you, what God is telling you, and it's like, okay, you got to see this link. Oh, listen to this pastor, because they don't have, it's not their revelation. It's something they've latched onto. They will embrace it, they will defend it, they will hold on to it, and then stage three is that they abandon it. Sooner or later, everyone will abandon it. The, the teachings will rise and fall. The shepherding movement rose and fall, rose and fell. You know, the 88 reasons Jesus is coming in 88 rose and fell with the calendar year, with, with God moving on. There were the hot spots and praise God for them that were genuine, TACF and Brownsville, IHOP, Bethel, et cetera, et cetera. There are hot, hot spots around there. Praise God for that, for what good is done. And some people do that and they say, man, I was greatly blessed by this. And others will, will get there and get really off base and and accept anything that comes down the pike, so to speak. So when they abandon it, what happens is some people just shift into neutral, and they just kind of wait for the next hot thing to come come by, the next book that's marketed to them, the next you know YouTube star, whatever the case is. Other people will find themselves just shipwrecked and totally disillusioned and really questioning. And this brings me around to close with this. In my what I shared with our small group, uh, a, a group elsewhere last month, actually in January, that the Lord said during the visitation of January uh, of 2021, one of the things pertaining to the body of Christ had to do with that he's asking the body of Christ to reprioritize, many in the body of Christ, many in the body of Christ, to reprioritize, to prioritize their lives. You see, the things that scripture talks about that cause us to grow, like Peter said in 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 8, he said, giving all diligence, add to your faith moral excellence, and to that consistency. And to or knowledge, and then consistency, and then self-control, and then godliness and agape love. And he says in verse 8, if these things are in you and abounding, they will make you so that you're not barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. See, a lot of people who get off base, they want to be so that they're not barren nor unfruitful in the Lord, but they want to, but they will neglect things like moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, patience, consistency, godliness. They will ignore love, joy, peace, long suffering. If if anybody challenges them, they accuse the other person of not walking in love instead of accepting and thinking, maybe there are some things that I do need to work on. And and and, and allow it, and instead of they put it out there on social media and stuff like that, instead of allowing somebody actually to, to speak into their lives. And so the Lord is asking the body of Christ to reprioritize because, like I said, righteousness is proven within the framework of relationships. You can say you're a Christian. You can go witnessing and lay hands on people till they're bald. It doesn't matter. If you don't have a network of relationships that you are walking out your righteousness in, then then your faith really is very little and you're just self-deceived. Um one of the things that that you see over and over again is people becoming disillusioned. I I'm, I remember when Jim Baker fell from grace, Jimmy Swaggart, some of the others, well publicized, and people were shipwrecked in their faith. They put their faith in man, and what the Lord is asking us to do is to be like Paul in Philippians chapter three. I want to know Him and the and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings. I want to work on the love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, patience, meekness, kindness, all these things, the fruit of the Spirit in my life, within the framework of relationships. Remember that when Jesus comes back in Matthew chapter 25, he says the body that he's looking for, the body of Christ that he's looking for is this. 
I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry and you fed me. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was a visitor, you took me in. I was sick and in prison and you visited me. That is practical, relationship-based, mundane, boring, everyday Christianity of, of being in a network of relationships whereby our righteousness is exercised and is seen because we love people and are, because we are vertically righteous, it naturally flows horizontally to those in our circle. And if you detach yourself from real relationships, you're bound to get off or you perhaps are still in there. And, and maybe you're one of those who's shifted kind of in a neutral kind of examining what you do, you know, where God is going next and all that stuff. But uh, but I hope this helps extricate ex some extricate themselves, come back to balance. There's so much more to this. But, you know, you might be getting off balance if you think you found the secret key or if you have a higher knowledge than anybody else or if you think some if you've abandoned critical thinking and the way things really work and the mechanics involved of, of, of politics, of life, of, of human life and, and work and everything else, and you think that somehow God's going to supersede all of that, if you've abandoned common sense and critical thinking, you might be getting off base. So hopefully people will come back to balance and, and, and they may recognize themselves as oh me or oh my, amen or oh me. And if you've got that history, like I said, going back to the 1970s where you could see people, you could see these things rise and fall and you could see people getting you know, all on fire and then and then something happens and they fall back. And a lot of people just follow the roller coaster. End the roller coaster. Paul said in Philippi in Ephesians 4, uh, 15, 14, 15, he's talking about growing up. He says, so that we would no more be children tossed to and fro on the sea by every wind of doctrine that comes around by the slight of man and by the cunning of man. A, a sign of childhood is going from Fad movement to fad movement, chasing the moves of God, da, 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 while ignoring the supernatural work in your midst, which is discipleship, and growing, adding to your faith with all diligence, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, consistency, brotherly love, agape love. That's the real mechanics of growing up. So whatever peripheral and, and unimportant things you're in, extricate yourself and get focused again on expressing those things and truly growing in Christ, to walk in love, to exercise patience, to where you have to walk in forgiveness, to where you have to make allowances for one another, that you're so involved that you, you're tested with patience and, and graciousness and kindness when people don't deserve it. That's truly growing in Christ. That's what it's all about. All right, that's the core. God bless. C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G. Hope it's been a blessing to you.